What up, guys? Your boy Quake back with a brand new episode of the Diverse Mentality Podcast, number 226. I'm excited, man. There's a lot to talk about today. Well, not really a lot to talk about, but there's a lot of things I'm going to elaborate on, I guess. Um, uh, Documentary-wise, expect a new the Eminem vs. Melly Mel to drop literally a day. Maybe by the time you hear this, it'll be posted on the main channel. Uh, got the sponsorship approval. Got another sponsorship approval, so... Uh, another video is going to be coming out within the next day or two. It's not going to be really long. It'll be like a 10, 15 minute video. So expect that as well. And then October is going to be like probably four documentaries coming out. So uh, I got all these lined up, planned out the way I want to drop them and uh, what I'm going to drop. So uh, Patreon, obviously, uncut versions are going to be on there. Uh, the next one, the second one, not the Eminem versus Melly Mel. Eminem versus Melly Mel, the uncut on that is going to be... um. This is going to be a little bit more longer, elaborate on some things, but obviously there's not really much uncut that I can do on that. But, you know, no ads, as you guys know, um, no ads on there. So that also, you know, there's no sponsorship on there. There's no ads, none of that. So you don't have to deal with any of that. Straight to the point, straight to the video as usual. Um, And then, you know, regular YouTube version comes up. And then immediately right after that, I'm doing like a little, a little story of something that people didn't really explore I thought it was interesting, um, and I think I want to explore more stories like this that are 10, 15-minute stories that are really cool. So, you know, if this one goes well, views are well, performance well, I'm probably going to do more of those. And then four different documentaries are going to be coming out in October. Uh, I believe, I could be wrong, let me see, this one, this one. Maybe three out of the four are going to be versus ones. I could be wrong. We'll see. I might adjust it. Sometimes I, I have a plan and then I do this and I do that. So three out of the four might be uh, versus ones. And then one will be like another short one. That's like a 10, 15 minute, maybe even longer because this one's a little bit more uh, deep diving into stuff. So, uh, but yeah, anyways, let's get into the news. First updates on Crazy Bone because last podcast, I was hoping for the best. Um, you know, we just, we literally just got the news that day that I was recording the podcast of what was going on. Um, and there's been a lot of conflicting kind of news. So first, let's go to TMZ, which I thought I had up here, but I didn't. I want to go to TMZ and talk about what they've reported, which is basically the same thing we've reported. Because to be honest with you, I'm not trying to take credit for this. All Hip Hop was the first to report on this. But when All Hip Hop posted about it, nobody really shared or gave a shit about it. I think that's because All Hip Hop had it up for at least... I want to say six to maybe eight hours before anybody else really noticed and posted about it. So when I posted about it on Twitter, it fucking skyrocketed and every other media outlet picked up on it. So we did like 5 million impressions on there, maybe 4.7 million, I don't know, somewhere around there. So it skyrocketed once I posted it on Twitter. And then people were asking me, where are you getting your source from? I said, all hip hop. And then, uh, uh, what was it? Not lazy bone, not crazy bone, but uh, busy bone. Uh, had confirmed a lot of the, the information, but you know, there's been a lot of back and forth and the back and forth has been essentially good news. It's not like something bad where it's like back and forth of, you know, people arguing for no reason, but, uh, for the most part, it's been good news. So let me see if I can fucking find this damn TMZ thing, which I should have found before I even started this podcast. So the TMZ article says this, this is the updates that came after I recorded the last podcast. They updated it on September 25th, which was a day ago as of the recording and recording this September 26th. You guys are going to get it. 
actually September 28th. Sorry about that. So it's been about two, three days. I uploaded uh, the updates on Twitter and stuff like that. Um, but the updates are sources with direct knowledge of TMZ uh, say that Crazy Bone is going into the second surgery soon in the hopes of stopping internal bleeding, which is at the root of his health troubles. We're told this all started Friday when uh, Crazy Bone started coughing up blood, after which he checked himself into L.A. Uh, area hospital. After some tests, our sources told us docs discovered a bleeding artery in one of his lungs, and they operated on him. Uh, afterward, we're told Crazy was placed in a induced coma with the idea being that uh, that would help the healing process, but our sources say the issue wasn't resolved and that the artery continues to bleed in his lung. Now they're going back to try and fix it for good. Our sources tell us uh, his family members have been the only ones allowed to see him and that are they're at his side now. Crazy's team, we're told, is meeting today to get more updates. So basically, a second surgery was needed. Now, this sounds bad. This sounds really bad, but Crazy Bone's brother-in-law, uh, Crazy, this brother-in-law is married to Crazy Bone's sister, got on Instagram and basically called out all these media platforms. I'm assuming me as well because I'm the one that kind of put it to a whole different level when it came to me. Because I, I had it trending. Literally, you, you type... At the time when Crazy Bone was trending, you click Crazy Bone, my tweet was the top one. And uh, it's happened again with this Eminem, but I'll talk about that a little bit later. Um, so Crazy Bone's brother-in-law started posting on his Instagram page that uh, Crazy Bone, you know, he said this in one of the captions. He says, I don't know where people are getting their information from, but my brother uh, has been stable since this happened, meaning stable condition, which is fucking amazing news. That is the best news we could hope for. Stable condition means that things are going well. He's recovering. It's no longer life-threatening. So I want to play the clip of him talking about um, the whole thing. It's about two minutes long. Yo, what's good? I'm tapping in on this crazy bone subject because that's my brother. That's my wife's brother. And, you know, it's cool what everybody's saying. Uh, pray for crazy bone. Pray for Craig. Pray for Anthony Henderson all that, man. But... You know, to the other ones that's going out there, man, making these false narratives, man, saying things that ain't true. He in a coma. He on a ventilator. You know, all that got to stop, man, because that's that's a bunch of bullshit. And I'm trying to keep it as cool as possible because we weren't going to say nothing. But it seems like you got these these sheep out here that want to be followers, man, want to get clickbait, and they out here chasing clout on a, on a man name, you know. It's sad, you know, and you have no idea what the family is going through, what my wife is going through, or any of that, any of that right there, man. So, you know, I'm gonna keep it brief, but we will, we will appreciate, really appreciate, if people will just keep the comments about things you do not know about to yourself, because you're putting out stuff in the media that is not true. Do not be hitting us up, asking us what's going on when you weren't hitting us up before. Stay out my wife inbox asking her questions about what's going on with our brother, her brother and everything, man. Like we, we don't need that because you wasn't around before. So to the world, to the world, to anybody out there saying things and discussing something that you have no idea of what's going on, please keep it to yourself and stop posting lies on social media because you want some clickbait or some clout because it's really sad because Nobody really knows what's going on. Nobody. Nobody commenting, saying anything, knows anything about what's really going on. And that's the point of it all. So please, 
All this pray for Cray. We appreciate it. Pray for the family. But none of you, none of you, and I say none of the people posting about what they say is going on with this man knows the truth. I get where he's coming from, you know, posting this video, criticizing, you know, media outlets. Um, but at the end of the day, uh, Crazy Bone is a public figure. And if something happens, some people want to know. I get the family's privacy aspect of it. Um, but, you know, there's going to be family members that leak stuff because TMZ pays them or a media outlet pays them to know information. That's just what's going to happen. You got to look at the family members and blame them. Because if, you know, like MF Doom passing away, we found out about him passing away like literally two months later because nobody in the family leaked the information. So TMZ, what they do, TMZ or any media outlet, you know, that's major, has a lot of money. When something happens, they'll pay family members, you know, to, to speak on these type of situations, which is very slimy, grimy, snaky shit. So you better hope that the people that know what's going on in your private life don't want to sell information about you when you're a public figure. But in this case, I don't really see anything wrong with what was being reported because it's true. He's in the hospital. He is. He did have, you know, he was coughing up blood. So those aspects are true. Maybe the ventilation thing might not be true. Um, maybe that might be a little bit misinformation, but nobody's going to get information accurate 100%. And at the end of the day, a bunch of love and prayers and, you know, support has been sent towards Crazy Bones Way. So it hasn't really done anything bad. Now, if, now, if a media outlet reported something like Crazy Bone is dead without him being dead, that's a whole different thing, and that's just straight-up disrespectful. TMZ has done that, like, probably two times, if I can remember. I think Lil Wayne, they reported Lil Wayne died a while ago from a seizure from drinking lean. That never fucking happened. And there's another report. I don't remember what the other one was. But regardless, my point is he's a public figure. If something happens to him, there's going to be information that comes out. There's nothing. There's as long as it's somewhat accurate and it is just the ventilator part is not accurate. Everything else he didn't, you know, he didn't really deny that. I mean, he didn't say like, Hey, you know, this is wrong. He didn't believe DJ Paul did an interview with TMZ. DJ Paul he even posted on his Instagram page. He said, I was working with him in the studio on Wednesday. He was perfectly fine. In fact, he said he recorded two songs that day. Because there might have been, DJ Paul said we might have been working on a joint album. DJ Paul and Bone Thugs and Harmony to create a joint album. And he said he was surprised at Crazy, Crazy Bone finishing two songs that quickly. Because usually it takes him a while just to finish one song because of all the lyrical stuff that he adds into it. So he was surprised that he finished two songs. He looked perfectly fine, DJ Paul said. And then tomorrow, you know, he got text messages from people saying that Crazy Bone got admitted himself into the hospital. And DJ Paul said a lot of the bleeding, the coughing of blood stuff is true. Um, so on and so forth. So DJ Paul is confirming a lot of it. So Crazy Bone is definitely in the hospital. Crazy Bone definitely uh, coughed up blood. Probably going through some health issues. But the good news is, is he said on, it, on his Instagram page that he is stable. So I'm hoping, you know, he's spreading the right information himself. And even though he's closest to Crazy Bone in terms of people that are speaking out. Um, cause I, you know, obviously everybody wants to see him in stable condition. Everybody wants to see him recover and continue to be on this, uh, earth and not, you know, transcend. So, uh, you know, we'll keep you guys updated on what happens with the crazy bone. Hopefully, you know, it's good news as by the time I record the next podcast or 
whenever some news comes out uh, because definitely a tragic situation and hopefully you know that's something that it's gonna take a while for him to recover from and uh i don't think i'll be able to record music like you know immediately go back in the studio because it's it's something you're gonna be fighting for a while it's like um it's a whatever autoimmune disease whatever the case may be i don't know what the right term for it is but you know it's gonna be something he's gonna be struggling with for a little while until he gets back on his like normal uh schedule so yeah, that's the update on Crazy Bone. Uh, it's It's been good news. Stable condition is very, very good news. So hopefully, you know, we continue to get good news uh, moving forward. But uh, Drake. So Drake dropped that uh, song with SZA, Slime You Out. It debuted at number one, which I could care less about. But to be honest with you, that song is not that great of a song. No disrespect to Drake. It's something that doesn't really stick with me. It's nothing, you know, it's nothing special, man. I'll be 100% honest with you guys. It's like a regular, just a regular song. Um, for it to debut number one is wild to me. I think that to me, I could be wrong. Maybe I'm not in the right circle. Maybe I'm just not in tune. Maybe I'm getting old. I don't know. That song to me is not doing what it's doing to be number one. I don't see people tweeting quotes, lyrics from it. I don't see people talking about it, sharing it. I don't see my friends sharing it. Usually when a Drake song drops and people love it, like when God's Plan dropped, everybody was on it. Everybody's quoting bars. Everybody was screenshotting that they're listening to it. You know, sometimes you can screenshot. I even do a screenshot when I'm listening to it, share it on Instagram stories. You know, just stuff to, you know, put people on. Sometimes people message me, whoa, I never heard about this song. It's fire. Regardless, I've never seen, since Drake dropped that SZA song, Slime You Out, nobody really posted about it. So the fact that it's number one is kind of weird to me. I think something's going on behind the scenes. Streaming factories, maybe it got boosted to number one. I don't know. I'm not accusing Drake of cheating the system, but something's weird about it. So what happened was uh, recently Charlemagne talked about the song. And what he said, I I, I agree with, to be honest with you. Uh, He basically said the song came and went. It's nothing really special. So let me see if I can find. What scares me, and it's not a scare because Drake's going to be fine. Drake put out a song last Friday. And nobody cared. What was the song? The Drake and Scissor record. No, oh. people. That's just dropping. People do like it. It came out last Friday. And, and it came out last Friday, and people just started talking about the lyrics yesterday. Because I saw people, you know, uh, posting about how he said something about whips, whips and chains. You get whipped and chains like an oh, African yeah. slave or something like that. And I remember, I, I'm in the group chat, and I'm like, I'm, I'm like, damn, Drake put out this record Friday, and people just get into the lyrics on a Monday? I mean, that's not Drake. Like, he's gonna be fine, regardless. I just think that you know, it's also when you think about, you look at the album cover and you hear the title for all my dogs. I think we was looking for something a little bit more harder, a little bit more aggressive. But let's he came see out what with happens. This, this slow joint with SZA. Let's see what happens. I do agree with Charlemagne there. Uh, for all my dogs, I expect a more aggressive content. And hopefully, the album is that because I haven't heard Drake. Really on that aggressive shit in a minute, in my opinion. I think he should just drop a straight rap album, rapping. Shit, go back to the boom bap days. I don't know. Do something pure hip-hop like Jack Harlow did. Jack Harlow went from this pop thing and they just dropped a pure hip-hop, you know, rapping his ass off album. It didn't sell as much. It didn't perform, you know, to the standard of commercial records. Who cares? But Drake Drake needs to do that. Drop a more pure hip-hop, just rapping your ass off, talking your shit. Send some shots of Kendrick Lamar so Kendrick Lamar can respond. Please, Drake, I would love that. Um, but 
I do agree with Charlamagne. I feel like the song I haven't seen on social media like that. I could be wrong. I could, you know, you guys might be listening to it that are listening to this podcast. You guys might be bumping the fuck out of the record and loving it. I could be wrong. I'm just saying, in my opinion, I haven't seen it. For it to be skyrocket to number one, we'll go over the Billboard Hot 100. Um, I doubt it's going to stay at number one next week. I think it's going to fall down the charts, maybe number eight, and 10, 12, whatever the case may be. I don't consider those songs that just stay at number one for one week number one. I consider them hype, hype records that just, you know, are there for the moment being. So, you know, um, yeah, uh, we'll keep our, but after, you know, after Charlemagne said this, Drake, of course, responded to him, which was interesting in its own right. Uh, he said, are you okay, Leonard? I don't know if it's Leonard or Leonard. I think Charlemagne corrected people and said it's Leonard. Are you okay, Leonard? Which is uh, Charlemagne's real name. You kind of weirded me out, G. Like, you really obsessed with me or something for years. Like, you look in the mirror and wish you saw my reflection type shit. Whatever you got to do, let it out. I'm sure your 435 loyal fans will stand by, you fucking goof. Call him a goof. Um, posted a photo and said, in deep thought about how you the off-brand Morris Chestnut. So he just posted some funny uh, photos of Charlemagne. He posted a clip a TikTok someone made where Charlemagne, and to be honest with you, it sounds like Charlemagne is just straight hating. Like, if you watch this clip, it sounds like some straight hater shit. And I'm not even, like, I don't even, I get it. So let me play the clip on TikTok. It's gay, straight, and Drake. And Drake is just a whole different type of breed. It don't got nothing to do with nothing other than he's just a different type of breed, man. Drake's used to people laughing at him and talking about him behind his back from high school. So that was the, who's laughing at me post. I hear y'all laughing at me. Y'all supposed to be my friends. I think Drake can rap, you know what I'm saying? I think he can rap, he's a dope rapper. But I just, I hate when he sings. And I, I just think he's, and I just think, personally, he's a corny guy. Get in the car the next morning, turn on like power 105 and hear some nerd telling them that i'm i'm gay or they have pictures of me or that to me is like why man like for what you know why are you using your job to exactly like you're a real loser you know sorry and i don't <laughs> bother anybody I, i'm not a foul artist you know i don't i'm not out here looking for trouble i try and make beautiful music Try and be a positive, positive role model. That's it, man. No new friends, no new friends, no new friends, no, no, no. Who talks like that? Yeah, you know, Charlemagne sounds like he's straight hating. It was funny when Drake said, you're fucking, like, sorry. <laughs> it was hilarious the way he apologized after, like, going aggressive. I mean, you could tell Drake, especially in the early days, was a lot softer, a lot more Canadian, you know, I guess. Um, now he's a little bit more mob ties and gangsta. You know, he's kind of been through the industry and kind of dealt with a lot of bullshit. But, I mean, Drake got his points, man. Why Why attach? Why use your influence to just tear people down? I think uh, Charlemagne just has this weird, weird obsession with Drake, and I never understood it. You know, I you know I can understand where parts of Drake seems corny. But I think, honestly, man, every every person has... One part of them, one part of them that is corny, like a certain area like nobody's perfect you know there's parts that people don't like about you that people are like what the fuck you know so you know Charlemagne just sounds like a straight hater in a lot of these clips and these are old Vlad TV interviews that he did um you know just clowning Drake for you know there's there's straight there's gay and then there's Drake it's like what the fuck like what 
And then, you know, the photo that went, that viral meme that went where Drake's like posing behind and he's like looking, you know, and he's kind of saying, oh, Drake's scared about what people say about him. That's why he turns around. You know, like this is dumb shit. Um, this whole TikTok clip that was made was hilarious on the fact that it got like posted by Drake himself. And um, yeah, so after that, after Drake sent, you know, the, the disses towards him on his Instagram page, Charlemagne responded on Breakfast Club. And this is what he had to say. A little... Speaking of, speaking of Drake, speaking of Drake, you talked to your friend today, Charlamagne. Um, what do you mean, Drake? No, Drake. Uh, uh-uh. what happened? Well, okay, so this morning, um, Drake was a little bit upset about some things that you had to say. I want to. Do we have the audio? What did I say? I, we, we, I'm gonna let the people know what you said first, and then we'll get into it. Okay, so. After these comments, and I, I will say I do agree with the fact that the song came and went, and the biggest point of it was the Holly Berry situation. Mm-hmm. Uh, Drake, it's going to debut at number one, they saying, though. It's Drake, of course. Mm-hmm. Like, he could literally put out a song with no words, no, not even him on it, and it would do that. Mm-hmm. But um, So after this, Drake went to his Insta story, and he posted a few things. So he posted some photos of you, and then um, he actually removed it, but I screenshotted it. He posted a message. He said, uh, are you okay, Leonard? You're kind of weird. Leonard, sorry. You're kind of right. weirding me out, G. Like, you're really obsessed with me or something for years. Like, you look like you look in the mirror and wish you saw my reflection. Whatever you got to do to let it out, I'm sure all 435 of your loyal fans will stand by you. You effing goof. <laughs> and then he called me off brand Mars Chestnut. He did. I yeah. agree with that. And he, yeah. he put the picture of you with the sweater where you're like really trying to channel <laughs> it in. Like, you were, yeah. you were I, trying hard. I, I, I agree with that. <laughs> Definitely. You definitely had oh, a more chest in the mood. Like. I want to tell y'all something, but you're not going to believe me because I'm lying. But Drake and I plan this out every time he drops an album. I'm part of the album rollout. He drops a record. I critique it. It brings more attention to the record, more attention to the project. I keep telling Drake he doesn't need me to do that. He's Drake, but for whatever reason, he wants me to do it, so I oblige. Okay? I don't believe you. I'm just telling you. It, was, it wasn't always like that, though. Back in the day, I can honestly say I was hating on Drake for fun. It was hilarious, at least to me. Like, you know, he posted one this morning where I, that I forgot I even said, where I said it was a... Three orientations. Three yeah. sexual orientations. <laughs> uh-huh. Gay, straight. straight, and Drake. Yes. Hilarious. <laughs> all right? <laughs> but that's just hate, okay? But after Back to Back, and he sent the bottles with the note, let's be friends, we came to an understanding, and we agreed whenever he drops certain songs, I will hate on them in order to bring more attention to the record. I don't think he needs it. I think it's crazy that he wants me to still do that, but, you know. So you actually like Slime Me Out, Slime You Out, whatever? No. So then... I think Charlamagne has a problem with light skin brothers, me and Drake. He just don't like. No, it's not that either. I just told y'all what it was, but I'm lying, so it don't matter. See? But, you know. But can we just agree that you don't look like Morris Chestnut? Nothing around you looks like no. Morris Chestnut. Morris you don't Chestnut, remind me of Morris Chestnut. Chestnut says he gets mistaken. Oh, my goodness. Morris Chestnut says that he's gotten mistaken for me. It's not my fault. Why you be mad at God's, God's engineer? Ha! So, Charlamagne is saying, you know, probably trolling more than likely. Or maybe it might be true. I don't know, man. I wouldn't be surprised if Drake has a rollout where people can hate on him. Bring more attention to the record, and it skyrockets. But Charlemagne's saying basically, you know, after the uh, back-to-back diss record, Drake sent uh, Charlemagne some flowers, said, let's be friends again. And after that, he's saying basically, you know, they had a plan where every time he rolls out an album, you know, Charlemagne hates on it, but he still dislikes the record. So I don't know how that works, but, you know, um, he said, you know, he takes credit for Drake's song going number one. He said, I did my job. And this is exactly what's supposed to happen. Make them go scream the record. And of course, radio was going to play the hell out of it. We played it every hour on now mm-hmm. when it dropped, regardless of how people feel about the record. But, you know, 
look, the moral of the story is, once again, the plan worked. I did my job. Cap. How much okay. do you get paid? Don't worry about all that. But I told y'all yesterday that Drake and I plan these things every time he drops certain records. He wants me to hate on them because all noise is great noise nowadays. And I told y'all to play, but nobody believes me because I'm lying. But you should believe me even when I'm lying. Cap. Are you? <laughs> so... The, the crazy thing about this track going number one is that Drake is literally one song away from matching Michael Jackson. So Michael Jackson had 13 number ones. Drake has 12 number ones. But the difference, the difference here is that Michael Jackson did the old school way. And Drake is doing streaming off hype. So we'll see if this song stays at number one or floats around the top 10 in the next week. That will determine whether it's actually a number one or a hit record. Because if it doesn't stay there, who cares, man? I don't care if you get a number one off hype. Uh, the fact Billboard should change that rule because it's disrespectful to... It's unfair to the people previously that, you know, had to grind to get their way to number one and actually had to have a number one that stayed there for weeks. So um, that rule should be changed. I, I If I was at the Billboard board or committee, whatever the fuck, you know, I would be like, listen... The first week should be a number one, but it should be a hot shot week number one. And if you stay at number one the second week, boom, you got a real number one on your record. But, you know, who am I, man? Who am I to say all this shit? I'm just Joe Schmo from across the street speaking on shit that I think I know about. So, anyways, uh, interesting, interesting beef back and forth. I might actually do a versus video on this. I'm curious to see because I actually want to deep dive into this and see what the what the root cause of all this is. But Charlemagne just said he's been trolling. He just likes trolling Drake. So that might be the reason why. Who knows? Maybe there's something behind the scenes that happened that we don't know about. Maybe Drake hit up Charlemagne's wife and said, yo, I'm trying to, you know, clap them cheeks. And maybe Charlemagne, you know, saw it and was pissed off. I don't know. I'm just throwing shit out there. I doubt that's true. But yeah, um, crazy. Maybe there's something behind the scenes that happened between the two that they're not speaking about. So. We'll keep our eye on that. I'm upset that we never got a Drake Breakfast Club interview. I'm upset that Drake doesn't do interviews really that much. He does them with people that, like the little Yachty and that one girl. Um, I'm just upset that artists just stop deciding to do interviews. Like Kendrick doesn't do interviews. J. Cole doesn't really do interviews. Drake stopped doing them. It's like, come on, guys. Like Jay-Z hasn't done one in a minute. Nas, I don't think has done one in a minute. Could be wrong about Nas. Um you know, Eminem hasn't done one, and God knows how. when is the last time Eminem sat down and did a full-fledged interview, besides the Sway one where he's talking about the Machine Gun Kelly shit. I can't, I can't think of anything. Like, what's up with some of these artists, man? I wish we could get Eminem just to do a two-hour-long podcast interview. Oh, he sat down with, um, speaking of podcasts, he sat down with uh, Mike Tyson, Hot Boxing with Mike. Uh, he sat down for like 48 minutes, I think, or something like 58 minutes, something like that. So that was, okay, that's one interview. But I just want to, like, if I had Eminem, I would go over his whole career. Like, I just want to talk about things that, you know, like, what did you think about this moment, this, this, what, what happened here? You know what people didn't deep dive into? Is Eminem's drug addiction. If I had 50 here, I would interview him and be like, during that moment when you were promoting Curtis, what was Eminem like? Were you in touch with Eminem? What was going on? Did he overdose and he stepped back from the line? Like, what was the communication like that? Because I remember in 2006, 50 was helping him finish little interviews because he didn't know what the fuck. He would mumble on shit. I remember on TRL, he couldn't finish his sentences. Um, so, uh, I 106 in Park as well. But regardless, 
that would be cool. Like I want to deep dive more into that behind the scenes type of stuff. But yeah, I, I think Eminem needs to do a two hour long interview, whether it's with drink champs, whether it's with million dollars worth of game, whether it's with breakfast club, whether it's with any of these platforms, just do one. And next time you do an album, just do one long two hour long interview, man. That'd be really cool, man. Cause we haven't got that from you in a minute. So anyways, I went on a whole different rampage. We'll be talking about Eminem a little bit later today, but Tory Lanez talks about being scared for his life in prison amid a 10-year sentence. I want to talk about this because it's kind of a little bit funny. Uh, no disrespect to short people, but it's just kind of funny the way this was kind of worded out. So uh, Tory Lanez is reportedly having a tough time in prison and scared for his life amid his 10-year sentence for shooting Megan Thee Stallion. According to Page Six, the Canadian rapper is currently incarcerated at North, North Kern State Prison in Delano, uh, California. Apparently feels like a target and is fearful for his safety. Tori is scared for his life and safety in prison. A source told the outlet he feels like he is an instant and direct target because of his celebrity status. They added he stands five foot three, so his size is definitely a setback. He is housed with real hardcore criminals, murderers, so he's really hoping that his lawyers will be able to continue to fight for his freedom while still maintaining his innocence. The whole thing is a mess. TMZ also reported that Tory Lanez is currently being held in administrative segregation due to his celebrity status, which keeps him mostly apart from other inmates. Uh, Lanes is apparently escorted to the showers where he bathes by himself, and if he chooses to spend time in the yard, he'll be the only one in the fenced-off area. Uh, North Kent State Prison is a medium-security prison around 145 miles north of Los Angeles. It houses 4,000 inmates, inmates and serves as a, as a reception center for new inmates in the California State Prison. So, uh, in recent months, the prison has made headlines for a series of violent crimes, including murder. So, yeah, it's, it's you know, it's an average prison. It doesn't seem like it's, it's too crazy. But, honestly, I would like it like that. I would like to be, um, be on an administrative segregation. Be alone. Not be, you know, if I go to the shower, I get the shower all by myself. I don't got to see a bunch of dicks swinging around and people, you know, dropping the soap and getting butt raped. Um, going to the basketball court, I get peace of mind, get to dribble, do my own thing. Now, that would be a little bit funner with more people because you know, play a game of three on three or whatever the case may be. But, you know, by myself there, I wouldn't mind that, man. I'm more of a loner, man. Me, I'm 90% of the, the, the time I'm by myself, and I prefer that. I don't like to be around people a lot. Um, you know, so I wouldn't mind this personally. You know, after a while, it might get a little boring. Maybe I'll, you know, be like, yo, can we can we get like a three on three game? You know, can I get like some people to show up to basketball and play with me? Something like that. But the shower, I would definitely like to be alone. That's a huge positive. Being in the shower alone, not having to deal with other people. Tory Lanez doesn't know how great he has it. Um, but yeah, being five foot three, I'll never forget that video. It turned into a meme. It was like skyrocketed when uh, <laughs> Tory Lanez was uh, freestyling on the Sway in the Morning show. And while he's freestyling, he stands up and like his height doesn't change at all. Normally when you stand up, your height changes, right? Because your legs, you know, you're, you're, you're chilling. Like right now, I'm chilling in this chair right now. If I stand up, I'm like two times taller, but <laughs> he stands up and like no height change at all. He's the same height. It's, it was the funniest fucking video. So he is a very short, skinny guy that like me, I'm, I'm fairly skinny, but at least I'm six two. So I got some height on me, like some something on me. Um, if I had more weight on me, I'd be very, very, very uh, intimidating. 100%. I'll just say I was 190, 200. I'm like probably 150, 155 right now. But if I was 190, 200, I'd be a whole different beast. So height plays a role into it. But then again, like 
you could be tall, but still be, you know, terrible at fighting. So, you know, it doesn't matter. Like being tall doesn't automatically qualify you as somebody that's stronger and just, you know, can fight and shit like that. That's not how it goes. Uh, there's a lot of tall people that got their ass beat by shorter people. So height doesn't really play a role into it, but um, Tory Lanez being skinny and short definitely doesn't help. Him. That's that's a lot of setback. So I think he should bulk up in there, try his best to bulk up. And, uh, you know, if anybody tries him, you know, hold your ground down. But, uh, you know, going from multi-millions, traveling the world, probably having the finest of women, all this money, nice cars, nice house, to getting locked up and having that as your new reality for the next 10 years. Got to be the shittiest thing ever. That drastic life change is just horrible. That's probably one of the worst things that you could wish on somebody, honestly. Besides like death or stuff like that and like illness. That's one of the worst things. You got going from a going from being free, having millions, being able to see damn near any woman you want. Being with Kylie Jenner, all these women, Megan Thee Stallion, uh, having mansions, being with your family, have kids, you're chilling, to all of a sudden 10 years behind bars. Psychologically, that would fuck me up. I ain't, I'm not even going to lie, man, because that, that, if my life was shitty when I was free and I got sent to prison, let's just say I was homeless, broke, could barely get a meal a day. I get sent to prison, hey, at least I got housing and I got... Three free, three free meals a day. So I could see that where that, you know, but, you know, uh, being a multimillionaire and getting put into that, that's just one of the worst things you could do. So uh, we'll pray for Tory. Hopefully he gets he gets um, some sort of protection. It seems like he's getting protection. So obviously you don't want to death on anybody. So regardless of what happened in the situation, you know, as long as, you know, if he killed somebody, different story. I really wouldn't give a shit about him or if he raped a minor or any of that stuff graped let's just say that because i can't say that uh you know are you know graped grape so if he graped a minor or anything like that then yeah death death is warranted but you know he did a mistake that he doesn't own up to still which i don't know i don't know i wasn't there that night but you know i do think you know he you know people people are looking at him like he's some type of you know graper or you know serial killer you know it's just one of those nights that things went wrong and, you know, he's paying the consequence for that. So speaking of things going wrong, the game, uh, the game is someone whose career has gone wrong due to his poor act, uh, choices. And, uh, this guy could have been one of the best West coast artists of all time. Could have catapulted a whole label to a whole different level if you really, really wanted to. Um, but game is more known now for his antics versus his music. Which is unfortunate because the guy makes great music. But his antics get more coverage than his actual music. When he was going through the Eminem thing, you know, calling out Eminem, his album didn't perform well at all because it didn't translate. Now, he got attention. He got a lot of attention during that time when he was calling out Eminem. But the music didn't get the attention. The promotion wasn't there. And I'll always remember 50 saying this. And I always go back to 50 because 50's, you know, the one that I know mostly when it comes to interviews. I've seen every interview the guys did. I remember Angie Martinez in 2005 asking 50, you know, why are you doing these, the piggy bank diss track? Because 50 said, you know, people that want to compete. But he's like, that's, people think that's what sells the music. It's not. It's the hit records. If I had that piggy, piggy bank record, dissing Jada Kiss, Fat Joe, Nas, 
Ja Rule, Shine, whoever else he dissed. Uh, and I just had that record, and I didn't have hit records on the album. Nobody would give a shit. And that's, here's proof with game. Here's proof with a lot of artists. You can have the great diss tracks, but if you ain't got the hit records on there, nobody's going to give a shit. So game did all that Eminem dissing. Album didn't perform well. And there you go, because it didn't have any hits on it. It didn't have anything that was getting people um, to listen to the whole album. They listened to the Black Slim Shady record, which was dissing Eminem, but that's it. So the game... Uh, performed recently in LA because he's usually staying out in LA. And he said something that I don't disagree with. Uh, and the fact of the matter is, both of these artists have mentioned this to game and have agreed with game. So a lot of people are clowning the game for this, which I don't understand. I don't understand why game gets so much. Well, actually, I do understand. I'm tripping. But I don't understand why every time game says something, it's always negativity and hate. It's like, you know, there's some truth to what he says sometimes. And people just got to listen to. So this is one of those moments where there is truth in what he's saying. But the person that recorded this put in the like the video like title, the game goes on a rant and nobody cares in the club. You know, that's kind of disrespectful. I just, you know, I wouldn't clown game to that extent. I think game is a very, very great artist. I just think his antics kind of take away from what he's doing. Um, but let me play the clip for you guys. Nobody, nigga, just me. So I took the things, I caught the bullets, I was in the shootouts, I sat behind bars, nigga. I had them kids, I showed y'all the kids, I put out them albums, nigga. I took me, I took Missy's CD, took it and put it in my pocket, nigga. I took Kendrick and took that nigga on tour, nigga, when it when nigga when Kendrick was J-Rock, motherfucking hype man, nigga. I put the list on my back. So when niggas say I'm him, no, you not, nigga. I'm him, nigga. Despite saying the N-word like 90 million times, game is is right. Uh, Nipsey Hussle will tell you, watch old Nipsey Hussle interviews. She'll say game was the first one that gave me a chance. Listen to my music, invited me to the studio, recorded music with them, and gave me a shot. Kendrick would say the same thing. Kendrick said he game helped me, took me on tour, put me on. And game held the West Coast down for a while because the West Coast was dry out. That's why Dr. Dre wanted to get the game in there. That's why Dr. Dre stopped focusing on 50 Cent's The Massacre and put his focus on Game's documentary because he wanted something for the West Coast out. Finally got something out for the West Coast. Game held down the West Coast for the next... What, he dropped 2005? When did Kendrick really, really do his thing? I want to say 2011. You know, between there, who in the West Coast was really doing numbers, doing their thing? Snoop? Snoop had sensual seduction. And I can get it sent you. I forget what the fuck the record goes, but that was in 2007. So he had that record, the West Coast. I'm talking commercial, by the way, guys. I don't want you guys throwing me random ass Joe Schmo names that are underground that say, oh, they held down the West. I'm talking commercially, mainstream, globally, hit records. Game was doing that for a while. And anybody that, that says otherwise is, is just hating straight up. That's the thing, like, with game, I will never be unfair in the situation. And with every artist, I'm not unfair in the situation. I'm telling you guys the facts here. Game held down the West Coast for at least five years. Maybe six. Because between that, nobody was dropping shit. You know, like I said, helping Kendrick go on tour while he was J-Rock's hype man. Like he said, Nipsey Hustle. Nipsey wasn't really getting fucked with like that in the beginning. Game fucked with them. Put him on this mixtape. 
put him on tour, helped him out. You know, uh, so when game did on this rant, you know, the person that posted the video said, nobody's listening, nobody gives a shit. And then people in the comments clowning him. Uh, let me see. I think hip hop wolf shout out to them. Cause they, they always post me and shout me out. So shout out to them. Hip hop wolf on Instagram. Because I commented on it. I said, man, if games could just focus on the music and not the antics, he would be he'd be perfectly fine. Um, uh, this guy said, the game out here fighting imaginary critics uh, where nobody asks you shit and you give your life story. Nah, you were best with a lick and you fumbled it with your ego and corny antics. Uh, character can take you farther than talent. Nips wasn't Nip wasn't the most talented, but he had character. And we mentioned him with Pac and Snoop. Being real is worth more. I agree with that. Man, he's 30, 43, acting like 20. Uh, game act like E42, short cube, and Snoop Dogg. There's an Amber Alert going on right now. Jeez, guys, come on, man. Stop this Amber Alert. Um, game act like E42, short cube, and Snoop Dogg haven't existed while he's putting out albums. Although those dudes been... Had the West on their back. See, this is what I mean. E42 short and cube were not mainstream like that when game was popping. What the fuck? E40 maybe had a record. But too short and ice cube? What the f you name me a record that Ice Cube had on the top charts charting during that time. 2005, 2010. You name me one record. I bet you can't. This ain't fucking 1992, bro. When he dropped uh today was a good day. You are dun dun like come on man. I think E forty had that record, uh Nope. Yeah. I forget what the fuck that fucking record. Nope. Yeah. Some shit like that. I forget what that record's called, man. Yeah. I think it's called Yeah. But he had that record, I think that dropped in two thousand two thousand. Yeah, my ghetto report card. He also had that run record, uh what's that song called? That huge that was in the club. That shit was bumping. Tell me where to go. Tell me. Yeah, my bad. Uh, let me see. I got to find that record. Come on, man. Got to get to you and that booty. Yeah, you and that booty. That was a hit record. That was in 2006. So, you know, some artists had records here and there. But Game was, let's be honest, guys. Game was holding it down regardless, man. You know, trying to get to you and that booty. Like, that was a huge song. But that was it. Euphoria ain't carrying. Any, Game was carrying it for a while, bro. His first three albums, you could say, was he had hits on them. You know, obviously documentary, all those hits, 50, you know, co-wrote, helped. Boom. Doctor's Advocate, One Blood, um, Let's Ride. Those were hit records. Next album, My Life and uh, Camera Phone and uh, What's the Game's Pain with Keisha Cole. Like, those were hits. And then you had the Red Album, which I think is Game's best album, which I ranked a while ago. But that's what I mean. Game held it down for at least till 2011. So I think people clowning him for that and just calling him corny and, you know, I get it. You guys don't like him because of his antics, but, and that's why I said, that's why I commented. I said, listen, game needs to just focus on music. If he just did that, he'd be appreciated a lot more. But the problem is game just doesn't do that. I had game drop this drillmatic album. First off, stop making your fucking albums 30 tracks long. Cause I don't. I don't like any artist doing that. I don't give a fuck who you are. You drop a 30-track album, I'm going to get bored out of my mind after, like, track 15. So stop dropping these long-ass albums. It had Game kept that Drillmatic album a 10-track album. 10 tracks off the, what we heard off the album. Put it out. Without all these crazy Eminem antics, 
Dropped it, dropped it. Great first single. He would have been back on the charts doing his thing. But instead, he went to the whole Super Bowl route, Eminem route, clowning him. Then, you know, um, using that as a tactic to promote Drillmatic. Drillmatic was a pretty solid album. It wasn't the best album of that year when it dropped, but it was a solid album. I didn't like the fact that it was that many fucking songs. You know, I, you know, there's a lot of records I liked on there, but there was a lot that I didn't. So, um, and then clear your fucking verses, bro. You had NBA Youngboy on there. You couldn't even clear it. You know, they took that song off the album. So a lot of like, you know, Nipsey was supposed to be on the album. There's a track with Game and Nipsey, never made it on there. A lot of like mishaps on there that they fucked up on. They should have cleared up better. But um, yeah, man, shout out to Game. Game, don't feel like nobody's acknowledging what you're doing. I think you're a very talented artist, but you need to stop with the antics. Um, just, just, just focus on the music, bro. Next album you dropped, just drop a hit record and just everybody goes shut up. That's how the world works. Chris Brown literally beat the shit out of Rihanna and just dropped. R. Kelly pissed on an underage woman or girl and dropped, you know, it's remixed to Ignition, hot and fresh out the kitchen. Everybody forgot about that shit. So game, everybody for the most part will forget about, you know, what you did and all these antics. Just drop a hit record, bro. That's all you got to do. And you'll be right back to where you were. And, um, you know, and Game can do that. I think Game has the capability of doing that. I think any artist that's been... And Melly Mel could have dropped a hit record. I think any artist in hip-hop has a chance to come back and do their thing if they really want to. Some artists don't want to. Some artists have kind of accepted their career, <clears throat> 50, and some just moved on. And uh, some are still trying to build. So shout-out to Nas. Look at that whole new new career in him. But, uh, yeah, we'll keep our eye on this and see if anything spawns out of this Game incident. Eight Mile actor who battled Eminem in the movie has passed away. Uh, Eight Mile actor Nashawn Breed Love, who played the role of Lotto in the 2002 battle rap film, has reportedly passed away. His death was first reported on Monday by Mickey Fax, who paid tribute to the actor on social media. He said RIP to one of the few MCs to beat Eminem. So in the movie, people feel like Lotto beat Eminem. A Lotto from Eight Mile whose friends lovingly called him OX. He wrote, uh, you will be missed for your tenacity and aggressiveness. Uh, Battle rapper Daylight also saluted Eminem, uh, the 8 Mile Star, writing in a comment saying in the Mickey's post, the first MC who was ever robbed of his win in a rap battle, RP Lotto. So a lot of people feel like Lotto beat him. Uh, per TMZ, Red Love died in his sleep on Sunday, September 24th at his New Jersey home. So died in his sleep. That is very um, tragic. Let me play the clip of him battling Eminem. Yo, I'll spit a racial slur, honky sue me. This shit is a horror flick, but the black guy doesn't die in this movie. Brother with Lotto Dog, you gotta be kidding. That makes me believe you really don't have an interest in living. You think these niggas gonna feel the shit you say? I got a better chance joining the KKK. Or some real shit though, I like you. That's why I didn't wanna have to be the one you commit suicide to. Fuck Lotto, call me a leader. I feel bad that I gotta murder that dude from Leave It to Beaver. I used to like that show, now you got me to fight back. But oh well, you gotta go, then you gotta go. I hate to do this. I would love for this shit to last, so I'll take pictures of my rear end so you won't forget my ass. And all's well, the end's okay. So I'll end this shit with a fuck you, but have a nice day. Oh, <laughs> so yeah, people felt like, you know, a lot of beat Eminem. I can see where they're saying that, but, um, you know, I don't know. It, it was pretty close. I, I enjoyed the reports are that Eminem wrote everybody's, like, raps. So, you know, if Eminem wrote dissing himself B-Rabbit and it's like Eminem still did everything so I don't know if that's that's true I have no idea but um, 
to pass away in your sleep. And I don't know, this is like a myth that people say, but to pass away in your sleep, it is reported that, reported, I'm acting like a fucking news anchor here, but to pass away in your sleep means that you're a good person. I don't know how to explain that. So let me, because it's a peaceful death. You're not like suffering. And if you pass away peacefully, a peaceful death, most of the time you're a good person. That's what, it's like a folklore type of thing. That's what, you know, people say, at least in my, in my, uh, how do I say, in my culture, religion, blah, blah, blah. Um, I'm Muslim, but like just in my culture in general, um, if you pass away in your sleep, you're genuinely, genuinely a good person because you pass away peacefully. Um, not to say that if you pass away in a horrible way, you're a horrible person. Um, but that's just kind of the report of it. But uh, recipes him man. Um, the, the weird thing about this is eight mile has had a lot of people have died in the movie, like a lot. I'm talking like to the extreme, like the girl died, the blonde girl that was in the movie that acted, uh, that, that Eminem had sex with, I forget her name. Um, the dreadhead guy that was in there, I forget his name. He was like, um, he passed away. Uh, what's the other guy? There's so many, let me see. Let me, let me, I'm genuinely curious. Um, Eight Mile Actors that passed away. Brittany Murphy was that girl's name, by the way. I just remembered right now. Um, let me see. Yeah, it's got reports of this new actor that passed away. So I wish I could find like a list of um, all the actors that passed away from the movie. There's so many that passed. One committed suicide. The guy that shot himself passed away. The guy that... Uh, Cheddar Bob himself, I think he was another person that uh passed away. And, like, yeah, that movie has, like, I don't know, it's like this weird aura around it where a lot of people in that movie that acted passed away. You would think that a lot of these people, because, like, look, this guy died at 46. Like, he still has a long life to live. Um, You would think that, you know, these people would live for a while, but just seems like, I don't know, something about the movie. Um. Yeah, so Brittany Murphy, which is obviously the female that was in there. Um, let me see. Where is the cast now? Let's click on this. I'm curious. Where is the fucking cast now? Some of these people. Eminem, they have Eminem as the first one. B-Rabbit, where is he now? Like, what the fuck? We don't know where Eminem's at. Brittany Murphy um, passed away in 2009. Mike Pfeiffer. His name was Future, the guy with the dreads I was talking about. Um, he's actually still alive. I'm tripping. So it wasn't this guy that passed away. It was one of these guys that passed away. Um, so he didn't pass away. So the guy with the dreads, dreads uh, Mike Pfeiffer, he didn't pass away. The woman, Stephanie, which is Kim, which is actually Kim, which I remember, mom. She didn't pass away, so she's still here. Um, Anthony Mackey, Papa Doc, he's still here as well. He's doing his acting thing. Michael Shannon, which is that the the, the abusive dad, Eminem's dad, basically, or step or stepfather, whatever. He's still here. Cheddar Bob, I think this is somebody that passed away. I could be wrong. No, he's still alive. I mean, when is this article fucking around? Might be tripping. Two thousand twenty-two. Okay. November 2022. So I, I just remember seeing a lot of people pass. I might be wrong, but I do remember seeing people passing away. Omar, uh, Soljo, 
He's still here, obviously. Yeah. Um, the girl. Yeah, this is the guy. The guy with the with the fucking. Sorry for saying this. Fucking. I don't mean it like that. The guy with the beanie on his shit, on his head. He died by suicide. The guy who had the beanie looked like Sway, with the, with the glasses. He passed away in two thousand eight. So you got Brittany Murphy, him passing away. Um. see proof who played the guy the guy who played proof or proof was actually in the movie never mind tripping he passed away as well but he wasn't really a big role so basically three people passed. i'm tripping i thought it was a lot more i don't know i just i just kept seeing people passing away from it i was like what the fuck so i might be tripping but regardless you know overall you know it's a sad situation man the guy's only 46 years old it's like what the fuck so uh, condolences to him, condolences to uh, his family, his friends, all that, um, you know, uh, iconic role, man. He's going to be forever remembered for this role. And, uh, you know, rightfully so, man, he did his thing. A lot of people feel like he beat Eminem. Fuck it. He beat Eminem. Might as well ask Eminem. Probably might say himself. Uh, speaking of somebody that thinks he could be Eminem, Simba. Simba, Simba, Simba. I actually like Simba. He's pretty good. He's a pretty good artist. Um, but what he said about Eminem recently here is kind of corny. And I think it's a reach for attention. So let me play the clip for you guys. So I respect Eminem on a level as a man, but as a rapper, Come on, I feel Simba. like I feel Eminem, like I can Marshall name Mathers. five better rappers. The Slim Shady LP, Marshall Mathers LP. It's fire. Eminem show. It's fire. Oh so, man. So, so, wait, wait, so, wait, 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 wait. So you think you better than Eminem? No. Oh. <laughs> Sarah about to start some. Oh yeah. Uh, no, like I just want to know. Do you think you're better than Eminem? You want my honest opinion? Yeah, I want your honest opinion. Yes. I think every rapper's going to say that they're better. Yes. Uh, I'm, I'm not it. mad at that. I respect you should it. feel that way. I Any, respect it. Anybody can rhyme words. What are you saying? Oh, man. But to, to, the, Simba, the lady asked you Hey, question. the girl that's yelling, the girl that's yelling, <laughs> rap me an Eminem verse. Oh. She got quiet. She's not she? on the panel. I agree with Simba saying that, um, you know, not that I agree with what Simba's, you know, like him saying he's better than Eminem. I disagree with that. I don't think he's better than Eminem. But I agree with Simba saying, because he should feel like he's the best thing. You know, if you're a rapper, you should feel like that. That's not that's not something that should be, you know, you should feel like you're the best. There's nothing wrong with that. But him just saying, you know, all Eminem does is just rhyme random words and it doesn't matter. Mm, that's not true. I feel like that narrative is pushed so much to Eminem. The white thing, the random hoobla rhyming, you know, and like just because he doesn't connect with the culture like that, like with uh, African-American culture and black people in general, he doesn't really connect like that with that because a lot of black people say, I don't bump him in the clubs. He's not the type of music I listen to. I don't want to listen to somebody talking about killing their mom, whatever the case may be. He does have stories. He knows how to write great stories, even on Revival, even though I do not... Actually, it might not be a revival. I might be tripping. Actually, revival did had uh, a couple of uh, tracks that I was like, "Okay, this is cool." Um, but the song "Darkness," I don't want to be alone in the dark. That was a music to be murdered by. That's a storytelling record about the Las Vegas shooter. I mean, he has records where uh, what's the song? Put you all on my stepping stone on Kamikaze. I think that was another. Like he has great storytelling records where he's speaking about real shit. I think people are just throwing out this fact that he just. Rhyming random shit and just rhyming words. Like, it's not it's not that easy. It's not just as simple as rhyming words. That's where the disrespect comes from. That's that part. 
If Simba just said, yo, I feel like I'm a better rapper than him, I could be giving him. Okay. You should feel like that. You know, what's wrong with that? But why does Eminem get dragged in these situations? Because I think it's because I think they know that Eminem is going to respond. So to get their clout, to get their attention, they're going to call out Eminem. Um, I have no problem with Simba saying he's better than Eminem because he should feel like that. But when you say he just rhymes words, that's not true, man. There's a whole craft and art skill to this that takes a lot of time and dedication. And if you actually sit there and dissect the bars, probably eight times out of ten, I'm going to speaking on some shit, like some real shit. You know, there are some times where he has fun and it just, you know, he just jumps on random stuff and just says random things. Of course, every artist, I think, has that. But to just, you know, brush it off as, ah, oh, he's just rhyming words. If he was just rhyming words, then he wouldn't be at the top position he's at right now. He was just somebody that just rhymes words, doesn't care. That guy literally impacted people's lives because he actually spoke on real shit. So it's like, you know. Anyways, uh, yeah, just another clout thing that I think Simba's going after. Uh, to say that he just rhymes words is just like very dismissive of Eminem's ability and talent. So I disagree with that. I, I'm perfectly fine with him saying he's better than Eminem. Every artist should feel like they're the best ever. That's why you get into hip hop. That's why you're a rapper, to feel like you're the best. Nothing wrong with that. When Game said it, I always said there's nothing wrong with that. But when you start clowning, you know, and saying all it does is rhyme words or all, you know, he never gets played in the clubs and all this dumb shit. Like, I'm sure I wouldn't be surprised if Eminem responds to him and says, I like that Eminem responds to the music, man. I'm a fan of that. Shout out to Eminem for keeping hip hop alive. He isn't going on social media, clowning people and just responding like that or getting his goons out to go attack people. Responding to the music, man. And he owned, he owned the game. He owned Melody Mel. He owned Generation Z, whatever the fuck. He owned everybody on that uh, Realist first. So I'm sure Eminem will probably, who knows, might say something about this. But speaking of Eminem, and this is something that we reported that a lot of outlets didn't pick up on until after we got it. Um, Eminem has officially entered the top 10 best-selling artists of all time. So we're talking every genre, everything into one. He is officially entered the top 10. He was number 11 for a while. Boom, entered the top 10. And he's still got, I'm sure he's still going to drop albums. So he's got a long ways to go. And he's only like, I think one point something million, maybe 2 million away from the ninth spot. So he's probably going to reach, I think when his career is said and done, he'll probably reach like seventh, eighth, maybe even, you know, maybe even sixth or fifth. You know, maybe top five. But uh, let's go over the article. Um, according to Chartmasters, actually, I don't really have to go over the article because we posted ourselves. What am I talking about? Um, so, we posted ourselves on our platform. I'll just go on the Twitter version because it's a little bit easier to read. Um, Eminem has officially entered the top 10 list of best-selling artists of all time. Eminem is sitting at 207,239,000 sold in total sales. Uh, Eminem beat Led Zeppelin by 41,000 copies to take the 10th spot on the best-selling artist of all time list. So who holds, who holds the number one spot? The Beatles. They have sold 423,610,000 copies. The Michael Jackson comes in at number two with 338,595,000 copies. Currently, though, Eminem is the only one in rap music to do this. So let me go over uh, the website that does this is Chartmasters. But um, there's a lot of questions about what is these numbers? Are they worldwide? Are they just America? Are they just albums? Are they just singles with mixed with albums? I'm being told... 
at least based off what I'm seeing, is that, let me see. How it works. The table above shows the top artists of all time using the following ratios. Studio albums, other LPs, physical singles, digital singles, and streaming. Equivalent album sales of album tracks. So, this includes everything, but the number is a little bit skewed from what I've seen. Because I, I think Eminem sold a lot more. How much How much has Eminem sold in total? So they're saying 227.5 million certified albums and singles in the United States in his home country. But on here, on the actual website, um, which is Chartmasters, they say Eminem comes at number 10 with 207,286,000 sold. It was updated as of September 26th. So they're saying other LPs, physical singles, digital singles, streams, and then total. Studio albums, all that. But they're saying this is in America. From what I'm getting. So Eminem worldwide is reportedly sold about 500 million copies worldwide. These are numbers in America. So Eminem is at number 10 with 207,286,000. So 207,286. Uh, he beat Led Zeppelin, which is at 207,204. 207,204,000. Now, Elton John is at number 9 with 208,575. So he's only about, you want to say, one one point three million away from getting the number nine spot, Eminem. So he's gonna beat Elton John, I'm pretty sure, because Elton John is not as relevant as Eminem is right now. Um, you have to remember too, Eminem right now is like the current on this list, the only artist actually releasing music still. So he's got he's still got a little ways to go. If he starts dropping. You know, if he still drops like two to three albums, four albums after all this, um, he's still got a long ways to go. He's like the LeBron James of this shit right now that he's still going. So uh, you got Ellen John at number nine. You got Frank Sinatra at number eight with 231 million. So that's a huge jump. To go from 207 to 231, you're going to have to sell about, what, I want to say 217, 227, 237. You want to sell about 20-something million, 24 million albums you have to sell to reach Frank Sinatra. And by the time... You sell that, Frank Sinatra himself has sold more. So, you know, it's going to take a little while for him to get to number eight spot with Frank Sinatra, but I think he'll do it. I think he'll reach Pink Floyd, which is at number seven with $238 million. And then you got the Rolling Stones at number six with $244 million. Got Madonna at number five with $248 million. You got Queen at number four with $279 million. Got Elvis, Elvis Presley, number three, with $321 million. So, I think Eminem is going to get at least the seven. Pink Floyd, which is $238 million. I don't think he's going to... He might reach the Rolling Stones at number six, with $244 million. Maybe even Madonna, number five, with $248 million. But the fact is, Eminem is the only rap artist to do this. Only artist that was released in the 90s. A lot of these artists did not come out in the 90s, bro. These guys came out in the fucking 80s. So they've been doing it for a long minute. Eminem still is still, f- you could say fresh, man. He's been in the game for, what, 20 years, 21, something like that. So he's still, you know, you might say that's a long time, but he's still, compared to everybody else on this list, 
the Beatles. Michael Jackson fucking was doing shit in the 70s, bro. So that's a huge jump. A lot of these people have earlier jumps um, on their careers. So the fact that Eminem's catching up to a lot of these people um, is interesting in itself. But um, I don't know how accurate this is because you can edit this stuff. There's a pen right next to the names. But you have to, the content is for silver, ads free, gold, pro, and fan members only. So you have to join and then you can start, um, you know, uh, I think edit. Let me see. So there's artist slash fan. Uh, follow one artist, track the current success, explore. So you can't do really anything on that tier. Professional, and then there's investor, DSP's market reports, um, silver, access articles, main rankings, comment page. So yeah, you can't really edit it, I guess. But you can own, like, you can get a membership on Chartmasters and start um, kind of giving your two cents on things. And But, um, yeah, so Eminem entered the top ten officially. Uh, you know, we reported on it. There's a few little, like, um, Twitter pages, Eminem fan pages that reported on it, which, was, which, were at, which is where I got my information from. And then we reported on it, and it went viral again. Uh, we were at, like, what? I don't know how many views, probably 300, 400,000 for Eminem. That, that's, that's huge because we just, like, Eminem hasn't been trending or anything. Um, and then more outlets starting to pick up on it. So, you know, uh, it's just interesting overall. Eminem has reached top 10. So I think he's going to reach at least seven or eight, maybe even six. There's a possibility to reach five, top five of all time. But regardless, um, you know, for hip-hop's sake, that is huge. I know a lot of people, when I... Tweeted this out, posted on the Diverse Mentality Twitter page. You know, there's people that are saying, oh, he only did this because he's white. It's like, come on, guys. You know, like, give respect where it's due. Yes, white helped him, but where are other white rappers? You know, a lot of, all these artists on this list are white besides Michael Jackson. By the way, in the top 10. You got Ellen John, Frank Sinatra, Pink Floyd, The Rolling Stones, Madonna, Queen, Elvis Presley, and The Beatles. They're all white besides Michael Jackson. Um, and people are like, you know, it's all white people. Well, you know, the sad reality of it is white people actually purchase music. You know, so if you're mad about that, then other races need to purchase more music. I don't know what else to say at that point. You know, I don't know why it's always a race thing when it comes to Eminem. It's like white, black, white, black. Oh, he's white because he's doing it. Like, why can't we just... The problem with America that we have is we see a lot of white, black, white with race. Look at the content, the music. Is Eminem respecting the culture? Is Eminem delivering great music? Yes, period. End of conversation. White, black, pink, purple, piccolo, green. I don't give a fuck. So, yeah, it was just interesting to see this. I was looking through the whole, like, I was scrolling through. I ain't see 50 in here, which I was like, what the fuck? Because 50's done a lot, so I don't know what the fuck's going on with these numbers. I might have missed it. I might be tripping. But I didn't see 50 on this list. So something's going on because 50 should be on here at some point. Um, you got Drake because people are like, where's Drake? Drake's talking about, oh, he's this hot shit artist. Drake's at number 41 with 120 million sold. So uh, he's going to do a lot better on the singles section because he is an artist that came out when singles were mainly prominent. But albums wise, you know, um, he's not doing as well as like, you know, of course, Eminem and stuff like that. So, uh, Yeah. Shout out to Eminem, man. Congratulations. Round of applause for him uh, doing his thing as an artist and continuing moving forward. So, uh, Billboard Hot 100, let's get into it. Let's see what's number one. Obviously, we know the Drake record, uh, Slime You Out, hit number one. But, um, you know, we'll see if it stays at number one because that's going to be the interesting part. So, yeah, Slime You Out is number one. Paint the Town Red is number two. Doja Cat. Snooze Scissor, number three. Fast Car Luke Combs, number four. I Remember Everything, Zach Bryan, number five. 
Cruel Summer, Taylor Swift, number six. Vampire, Olivia Rodrigo, number seven. Last Night, Morgan Wallen, number eight. Fuck You Mean, Gunner, number nine. Dance Night, Dua Lipa, number 10. So yeah, Drake, we'll see what, what he does with that. Uh, Barbie World went up a couple of slots. Nicki Minaj and Ice Spice at number 12. Scrolling down, All My Life, Low Dirk went up a couple of slots. Uh, number 16. Rod Wave, Call Your Friends, number 18. Rod Wave, Come See Me, number 19. Uh, a lot of Rod Wave records. Uh, Rod Wave debuted at number 24 and 25 with Turks and Caicos and Boys Don't Cry. Rod Wave, Five to Feeling, number 28. Rod Wave, Great Gatsby, number 30 debut. Cardi B, uh, Megan Thee Stallion, Bongos went down a couple of slots. Uh, number, it was 14 last week, number 31 now. So that's not that's not a good look. Uh, Creeper Metro Boomer, number 32. Rod Wave, Long Journey, debut number 39. Wrong Wave, Rod Wave, Nostalgia, number 40 debut. Peaches and the Eggplants, Young Nudie, 21 Savage, number 42. What It Is, Don't She Caught That Black, number 43. I Know Travis Scott, number 45. Meltdown Travis Scott, number 46. Crazy Rod Wave debuted at number 48. Rod Wave debuted at number 51, HG4. Rod Wave debuted at number 55 and 56 with Checkmate and Love for a Thug. So he's getting on there. Number 28. Uh, number 61 debuted at number... I'm getting this confused because the song is called 2018. So the song landed at number 61, debuted. Title is called Rod Wave uh, 2018. That's cool. Um... Rod Wave again, debuted at number 71 with Keep It A G. Rod Wave again, debuted at number 73 with Pass You By. Rod Wave again at number 79 and 80 with Love Story and Backlit. Gotta check out the Rod Wave album. Uh, Diddy's song, Diddy French Montana Weekend, featured 21 Savage, another one on me, debuted at number 87. Interesting. Young Thug Drake, Oh You Went, number 89. Rat Beef, Rod Wave, debuted at number 93. Travis Scott Fiend, number 94. And put it on the floor again. A lot of Cardi B, 100. Interesting. So, Rod Wave's got a lot of charts. Uh, we'll see where that Drake record does. Because I'm, I'm not trying to sound like a hater. But, you know, I think uh, a lot of these songs just kind of fall off the charts after a while. So, uh, that's it for today's episode of the Diverse Mentality Podcast. Appreciate you guys for listening. Spotify, Deezer, Podcast, YouTube, all that. Support us. TikTok, Diverse Mentality. Twitter, Diverse Mentality. Besides the I, because we can't add... It's a character limit, so it's like D-V-E-R-S-E mentality. Uh, you know, Instagram, Diverse Mentality, all that. Support us. Check us out. We appreciate it as usual. Have an amazing night, day, whenever you listen to this, and peace.